Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not paying for the copies of the Hobbit films that we will have to be watching in a few weeks. Tyler, the time has come to open thine wallet. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we going to have to flip a coin on those? <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay, we don't have to watch them. It's fine. I can go off we'll, them from memory. Okay, so, it's fine. so what we'll do is we'll each present an interpretive dance of the Hobbit movies to each other. An interpretive dance <laughs> for an all-audio format. Correct. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying to each other before the movie. Like, to, instead of watching the movie, we'll just present what we remember from the movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good gonna, to me. We're I gonna don't... rent a stage and everything. It's gonna be. There's, there's actually. It's actually already fully booked. Let, let's not think about the the <laughs> the foreboding future. Let's let's focus on the here and now and in a movie that is actually very 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 good. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, directed by Peter Jackson from 2001. It has a 91 percent critic score on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes and a 95 percent audience score. Sure. It is kind of a weird... 2001, that's... that's. Apologies if that made a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't apologize. So. Well, you didn't do it, so... Mm, too bad. Um, <laughs> I, I... I feel like any movies before... I mean, when did Rotten Tomatoes get established? Like, 2010? Somewhere like, around there. So, yeah. Somewhere in that range, 12. Um, I feel like... Because all of those are... are they they go back and they try and look for reviews. I, I feel like, like I believe that's how they like they go back and they try and pull critic reviews that were already published and like obviously at that point the nostalgia train is well in order by that point. And so it's just it, I feel like that's almost there's almost no way to correctly grade the feeling of the movie when it came out as the way that as sort of happens for modern Rotten Tomatoes movies where when they come out now, you get the you get the snapshot of how people felt at the exact moment. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying about this because they should both be 100%, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Is is this... Number one, do you think this is the best of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Number two, is it your favorite? I'm going to punt on both of those. I really don't know because I haven't seen the second and third in a very long time. Um, not a very long time. That's, that's an exaggeration, but I haven't seen them in a while. For me, right now, it is both my favorite and I think it is okay. the best. That's just my personal opinion. What is your best thing and your worst thing if you can come up with the worst thing about the Fellowship of the Ring? Um, yes and no. That's respectively. Best thing, yes. Worst thing, no. You're in a weird place right now. I'm, I'm, that's, this is, this is where I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, there's... I mean, it's like you were... Because you, you, before the podcast, you mentioned, you were like, man, I'm having a hard time coming up with the worst thing. Uh, but you made a mistake and you said best thing. And I, I thought that was just as valid an opinion of, like, there's too much to choose from. Um, it's... Like, I... I almost want to say the score. Because I feel like the score is very important. 
However, this is not one of those situations where the movie is so bad, Correct. the only thing we could possibly say is redeemable is the I, score. I feel like the score, it's not even under, it's not even slightly underrated, but I think it's, or slightly unappreciated, like, like people love it and praise it and think it's amazing, but I feel like it still might be underrated because it's just so good, and I think it's so key to the way these movies feel and to the, the overall I don't know. Like, watching the behind-the-scenes and production stuff for this these movies is insane. I think this might be one of the most impressive things man has ever done? Question mark? Like, I know that feels like a ridiculous exaggeration, but if, if you're if you're sitting there thinking, like, like, blowing a raspberry at me and thinking that's stupid, like, just... Go watch... That sounds like the opinion of someone who has not seen the behind-the-scenes stuff of this, because it is absurd how they managed to pull this all together and, like, the millions of... Not millions, but the, just tons of little miniatures and, and everything and everything they put together and how much, like, they, they created for this. And I'm not even talking about, like, oh, man, practical effects. It's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, I feel like that's the automatic reaction is, oh, they use so many practical effects, and that's what makes it so... And that's true, but it's true because they put so much work into the practical effects and the CGI when they had to use CGI. And it's just amazing. Like, I, I feel like the overall production value is, is I guess, maybe my, my best thing. And that's, that's such a... Like, I feel like that applies almost to all the movies, like... That's about. I don't know what my best thing about this individual movie is because they really aren't that separate for me. I mean, like I guess if I was, if you had to make me just choose one, which is what I'm doing right sure. now, um, right now with a gun to my head, with with a gun to your head, <laughs> it's a finger gun, but sure, it's still, still dangerous. Yes, I'm, I'm quite afraid. Um, I would probably say the the whole Moria sequence, which is like a good. 20 minutes or so of the movie. Oh, it's longer than that. Or even, yeah, even better. Like, it, it's, like, that. that is quintessential Lord of the Rings to me, I think. It's just all of that and the, the fact that they're wandering. I mentioned this, we were talking about The Last Jedi last week. I mentioned how the, the idea of the the fading universe and living in the, the fallen world, the fallen kingdom, if you will. <laughs> you were so confused. I was not expecting a Jurassic World <laughs> Two reference, but you know. Well, you should have. Uh, Anything can happen, I guess. <laughs> the I subverted your expectations, <laughs> which automatically made it good in order to make it good. Um, but no, the just like Star Wars: Last like Jedi. Star Wars Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, but no, I think like that experience, and and you could also point to like the the is it the falls of Amon Amon Mul? Oh, it's been too long since I've read Lord of the Rings. The, where the, the the big statues with the hands oh, like point yeah. st standing forward like that's that's another great example of that but I'm just talking about like oh. where the... you should probably go ahead and say you've read the books multiple right. times the book sir I don't actually well, care that well, much you have it, well you have it combined into one <laughs> no no but it is actually a book like it's did you know that it's it's, it's technically not just it's it, it's technically just one book yeah it was okay. it was originally published I mean it doesn't matter <laughs> it was originally published in one book. Um, people know. will tell you that it matters. I did not know that. But yeah, it was originally published as one, and then they were like... Or I think... It, it may not have been published, but it was written as one, and they were like, that's a huge book. We're going to make break this up. And Tolkien was like, okay. <laughs> and so, like... <laughs> yeah, now... Um, and now you got both versions everywhere. Anyway. But... Yes. You've read the book, the good book, multiple times. <laughs> Correct. 
I have... And also the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Just holds up a copy of, like, the Silmarillion or something. Yeah, the Bible, right? (laughs) We keep having Christianity uh, symbolism because it's good. Constantly subverting your expectations. Um, no, 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 no. This is the Zack Snyder school. No, no. We're not. We're done. We're bypassed all I that. was curious if you... Okay. No. Continue. I'm, I'm moving on. We're, we're episode 101. <laughs> we're, it's a new phase. A okay. new chapter. Okay. A, new, a fresh I start, if you will. I don't believe you. Probably not. <laughs> but I have not read any of Lord of the Rings. Well, I've, I tried reading Fellowship of the Ring. I got about 50 pages in, and... The style of writing is just not for me. Sure. Um, so, just... I, I have no real knowledge of the books other than mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about, oh, this thing's in the book, but it's not in the movie. Yeah. Like, very basic knowledge yes. of that kind of thing. And but I have not actually read them. That's sort of the other thing that's just absurd about this movie. I mean, that... I don't know. That might ultimately be what amazes me most. Is that they found... Maybe that's my... Well, I'm locking it. That's my best thing. Finally, after saying like five different things. Um, they found... You should have just said the movie's your best thing. <laughs> the movie is my... I, sa- I tried to say yes. <laughs> I tried to say yes. Um, but it really is like they cut a straight line directly through to find the best possible cinematic experience out of this... Uh, outside of like making a Game of Thrones miniseries, basically. Yeah. Um but to find the best possible line through this to make this like feasible like to turn that the the first i feel like the first book especially is very very crowded very very dense and like that's not to say that the others aren't but i think there's a lot more downtime in the other two that that allows there to be more of a i don't know just just lets you make it into more uh or gives you more creative freedom like to to work with things because there's a lot more there may be a lot more introspective like there are some great battles and that's kind of what they end up doing is expanding those and they, they i feel like with those they kind of do what makes sense but this one especially i find it like that and i didn't realize this until they were taught i was watching some behind the scenes talking about it um they cut through like four chapters from the early part of fellowship and i think that i mean i think they're it's i'm not saying that they need they aren't good in the, the book if the if you enjoy the book if you read it and you actually get into it um Sorry, because what that what those chapters really do? It's it's a chapter where they or a series of, of of sequences where they kind of wander through this old forest. They meet Tom Bombadil, who is the most famous exclusion probably for many of these. Yeah, um, wander through the old forest and uh, manage to then then they end up getting back on the old road. But it basically it's a good hundred pages or so, depending I guess on your edition, that just stops the book. It stops the plot of the book. It's just like, hey, we're going to take a detour. The uh, Nazgul, they're going to... They, they've completely lost the Nazgul. Now they're just wandering through this forest and there's some creepy old stuff happening here. And, like, they, they meet some, some wild characters. And that's all that really, like... It basically is just a... If you have... Like, I, I think of it as a litmus test for if you're going to get through the rest of the trilogy because it's like... if you If you can get through that part of the book then you can probably get through anything um because it really does just stop the plot while in this they just cut it out and then when like you when they played out when it's edited the way it's all set up 
now you've got a chase that just starts in Hobbiton and goes all the way through to Rivendell. Yep. And, and it's just so much more efficient and clear. And it, it, it keeps the momentum so much going so much farther. And it really none of that pays off later in the there are things that they cut out that were payoffs of things that were set up um and we'll get to that in kind of return of the king that sort of thing but as far as that goes none of those chapters were, were really i mean it's 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 a shame that they can't include everything like i was saying like you would have to just have this massive like even with tw 12 hours is it pushing 12 hours uh all told with the extended editions yeah yeah, like even even at that level, they still can't. You would need like, oh, it's a, it, you would need an absurd amount of time to faithfully uh, adapt every single bit from this from from the book. And so it's just like, I don't know. I I think that's that's a very smart move, and that's a move that I think a lot of people might not have made. Like they might. I feel like less competent creators and producers would have maybe tried too hard to keep it in there or or they would have gone the other way they would have made drastic alterations to make it like a two-hour movie yes uh or split, split it up to a four-hour or four movie uh series <laughs> well, well originally peter jackson they were going to do it really for, for two movies oh okay so the other way and then they took it to <laughs> and new they were like then they took it to no. new they took it to new on cinemas and the head of uh, uh, bob shea who's in charge of new on cinemas he's like Aren't there three books? Three. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. You. You mean they made the same number of movies as there were books? Is that? Is that what you're saying? I'm not getting into this right now. <laughs> I'm. We will. I'm trying. We will, dear listeners. I we already will. mentioned the Hobbit at the beginning. I'm going to try and hold it <laughs> off as long as I can because I know there are some people that actually like those movies. I. Sure. Just hold it off. Sure. Um. But yeah, it's. It, 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 I don't know how they did it. Just, <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things where I, I still go back and I watch the behind the scenes stuff, and it's really like, who, how, how would you even begin to do any like, of this? Who, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I can draw some stick figures. I guess I can do some storyboarding, <laughs> <laughs> even like, down to like the storyboards. They've got like these fairly detailed drawings, and I'm like, yeah, we just did simple sketches for that. Stuff. I'm like, that would have taken me like three hours. <laughs> The episode of Spongebob. Even where, if I was tracing what you've already done, it would take the, forever. The episode of Spongebob where he's he's drawing perfect circles by first drawing like a renaissance painting <laughs> yeah. and then erasing most of it. Like, yeah. It's... Uh. Even down to like the most minute level, I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. How did you think to do that? Yeah. How did you have the manpower to do that? How did you have the creativity to do that? Um, and I know, like, Peter Jackson has... A lot of great people working with them on these movies to that that help these movies get made. Yes, a lot of people, not to get into the Hobbit stuff, but a lot of people do bash him for the Hobbit stuff. This movie, like, or th this series of movies, like, I think Peter Jackson. I will never not be able to respect Peter Jackson because of these. Like, it's just so impressive, and you can tell that he is so excited and like passionate about what he's doing. Well, I, I he's just so into it. Last thing I'll um, say about the Hobbit movies, I don't blame him. He is not the, the party we'll, at fault. We'll, we'll break that down. That's that's a whole other conversation. Warner Brothers is the worst. Yes, that's correct. Um, and not the best of the worst. They're just the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it, 
I don't again. I don't know how they did it. Um, but I I guess overall that's my best thing. I don't the way that they converted the book to the movie. That's I'll I'll leave it at that. Just the, the best thing they did it. Yes, man. Do you have a worse thing? Just say no. I did say no. Okay. All right. Locking it. We're, we're going with that. All right. My best thing um, is going to be the ending. Um, I really like where the, where mm-hmm. the movie leads off. Um, and I'm coming with you. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I find the ending very powerful. Uh, not to say that the endings for the other two aren't, aren't extremely powerful, but yes. I have a lot, a lot of nostalgia tied to this movie. Um, my dad... <laughs> One evening, he just brought it home like he, he had bought it on VHS. Mm. You kids remember VHS tapes, right? <laughs> right? It's not just me. But I had to watch it in two sittings because the movie was so long. Sure. Then we get to the ending. And I was like... Because I, I did not know anything about Lord of the Rings. Right. Knew nothing. I didn't know it, that they were based on books. I didn't, I, I didn't know that there were going to be sequels. Mm. So I get to the ending. I'm like, that's the saddest thing ever. I thought they were going to destroy yep. the ring. Yep. And then, like, a couple months later, I was like, oh! <laughs> it all makes sense There's now. more! Um, so the, the the movies and its ending had, had a great impact on me. And I, yeah. I you know, the, the, the Fellowship is splintered, but there's, there's still hope. They're going to go rescue Merry and Pippin, and then, then Frodo and Sam, they're going to go <laughs> walk on some rocky mountains together, and then it's great. And then the, the musical cue, um, what is it called? The Breaking of the Fellowship, something like that? Um, something along those lines that is one of my favorite uh, movie themes or mm-hmm. movie compositions yeah. ever I really love the ending yeah. very powerful I, I think the ending was actually the first thing I ever saw of saw or read of any of these um, because I remember seeing one one Christmas I remember it was on TV or something I don't, I don't know why and I was talking to my cousin about it and it was like just talking about the um or watch, watching, I think, Faramir's death was, like, one of the first things. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Like, this is yeah. amazing. Um, and it's it's not, like, in the sense where I can still go back and be kind of, like, cynical about Harry Potter or even Star Wars, we were kind of talking about last week, where I can kind of be like, eh, it's, you know, whatever. Like, it, and, and this, I guess, part of it is nostalgia for me. But it's never lost that nostalgia, that magic of seeing it for the... Like, there's never been a point... I like to define this as well-placed nostalgia. Sure. Yeah. As opposed to, <laughs> like, the Star Wars prequels, which is misplaced nostalgia. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and it's it's just the kind of thing where, like, this world and the way they brought this world to life and all the little practical effects, like, everything is... I, practical effects. I should say, specifically the way objects are, are rendered. And, like, just the, the way... And, and it does go back to the fact that they created so much stuff yeah. for these movies. It's just, I don't know, it feels so, it very much has the feel of, of like, ants walking in a world of, of giants. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's very, like, these characters are just such little pawns in such a large game, and it feels so gritty and down-to-earth, despite the fact that they're in this sweeping, awesome fantasy world. And I think that's something that... A lot, despite the fact that this was this is the 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 father, the grandfather, whatever you want to call it, of the fantasy genre. Yeah. Um, as we know today, the modern fantasy genre. 
I feel like so many fantasy films don't get the fact that these movies are about hobbits and they're not they're not really about like <laughs> even the hobbit doesn't get that the movies are about hobbits it's, it really is you, you gotta stop coming back to that man I, I wasn't even trying I wasn't even trying I, that's <laughs> the problem you um, have to make a conscious effort to not bring up the <laughs> hobbit again um the little men no but, <laughs> but really just they not to be confused with the dwarves sure it's it's not it's this movie is not about the the I don't want to keep saying things that make you think that I'm going to be talking about The Hobbit. But the movie is not about, like, dwarf elf, like, like diplomacy, whatever, like these these sweeping... And I'm not talking about The Hobbit. I'm talking about all fantasy. Like, it's not about the, the larger world. It's about the characters experiencing this larger world. And there's something just really... That just really connects with that and makes, it, makes sure that you never really feel like the world gets small yeah in the well, way that a lot of that happens with a lot of nostalgic things is that like at some point along the line you you, you realize you're like oh this is kind of like the you, you can you can see the the wires it's like you're constantly looking just through a keyhole like mm -hmm. you're never getting the full picture right like when when they're taking the the boats out and the giant uh -huh. whatever statues they are yeah. what are they called oh, i was saying the the waterfall is called amen Sewell. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Entirely sure. What but the called. the giant statues, um, they don't waste dumb exposition. Being yep. like, here's what these statues are, and here's like there's they're just like what? Now we're gonna have a five minute flashback sequence. Like there's none of that. Yep. And it's like, it it just helps with with the environment and the ambiance of it. Well, even the flashback sequence at the beginning, it's such a haunting like, oh yeah, here's this massive battle, and here we are like. A thousand years later, yeah. like it doesn't like none none of that. It like that was things have fallen. Like things yeah. they, it, things are completely different, and now we're gonna spend a good twenty minutes just just hanging out with some some hobbits in like a little town, and like I, I don't know. It's, I genuinely think this is the best version or example of world building for any genre of film mm -hmm. ever. Yep, I would agree. Ever they just throw in. This is a weird comparison to make, but I think it's very relevant and kind of goes back to what I was saying about things not getting what this did for yeah. the fantasy genre. Um, Dark Souls is a game, I think, that very much like plays off of this in a good way in the sense that you're like you're a tiny character in this massive world where like you you find little little bits and pieces of, of lore along the way and you just are seeing these sweeping areas that like you are, you're long past the the the, uh, the peak the the roaring 20s you're 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 down just like uh, shuffling through a, a long dead world and it's it's the same I mean that I think that's a testament the fact that that theme still resonates very well when you do it right and and that game is very much intentionally based on fantasy tropes and and it's supposed to be kind of a, a very Western version of a Japanese approach to game making, and I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with that. I'm just saying that the the, the influence of this, I think, is this this series is way beyond what anybody maybe appreciates these days. I don't know. I love these movies. <laughs> I can tell. I think everyone can tell. Uh. I 
was having a hard time coming up with a, a worse thing, as you mm -hmm. stated previously. Um, I'm really reaching. I'm really <laughs> reaching, and this I think this is a testament to how how wonderful mm -hmm. this film is. Some, and I'm talking like maybe five percent of all CGI in this movie is a little dated. Seventeen years later. <laughs> Like, it's amazing how much of it still holds up. Like, the uh -huh. opening battle... So what you're telling me is your worst thing is a segue to talk about your one, another favorite thing. Yes. <laughs> like, when Sauron shows up, it's terrifying. Yep. And, like, it's... it's. And, and the best part is... God! I gotta hold back on the Snyder bashing. Sure. Okay. Because a huge part that I remember from the behind-the-scenes stuff was how they were talking about how they would color grade stuff and, like, how mm. they, they were able to digitally manipulate things. Oh, uh, Gladriel, she's, like, you know, she's got this bright, you know, elf yeah. personality, yeah. whatever. So, so they, they try to light her up a little bit uh -huh. uh, in the editing room, make her look a little more angelic, if you yeah. will. Um, now nah, just make everything gray. Or... Oh. or puke orange. Well, even if you take that philosophy to its, its extreme in the Hobbit movies, like, that's another thing that I, it's, it's, and that's, that's just a, an easy comparison. We're I'm feeding not, our addictions. I'm not trying. We're feeding I'm, our that's addictions. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I won't have it. We're gonna discover as I'm talking about the Hobbit movies that apparently I actually hate those way more than I think I do. Um, I feel like it's going to happen. Anyway. Oh, you're watching them with me. You're gonna hate them. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I'm, we're just gonna, it's just gonna be a spiral. <laughs> we're just gonna be constantly just bringing each other down uh -huh. until we're just like, these are the worst things ever made. This is worse than Hitler. <laughs> he said it, not me. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's just good. It's just whole. It's pure. But I, I think some of the some of the effects are a little dated. Some. Sometimes I can tell, like, yeah. when, when um, one of the Hobbit actors has just been shrunk uh, I don't know, I mean, in the background. No, they do annoying. a wonderful job of hiding it, and it really helps early on. They sell certain scenes with forced perspective, or they, they have two versions of, of the scene filmed. One with, right. one with, with the, the supposedly human-sized actor, and then mm -hmm. one with the Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And they're two different sets, but you've got motion control cameras, so you can just overlay the images, and it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's they they use every trick in the book to make you not think about it. So that way, occasionally, when you see a shot of oh, there's a little Elijah Wood in the background, you're not questioning it. Right. Yeah. Now I, I, I want to ask you this: Do you think it's an issue that they cast like actual normal human-sized actors to play the hobbits instead of just casting shorter people to just be in those roles? I personally don't think it's an issue. I have I've heard some people bring it up before. I feel like that's an odd question. Like like I see I mean I can see why that would be something someone would rally around, but I I just think like once again, this is me having to reach to come up with it's, what are issues people have with this movie. It's the sense of like casting the best actors for the roles, and also that almost feels like demeaning. Yeah, I don't know. Plus the like, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think there's any problem with it. And I th I think that 
for this movie you really needed to cast like just from a, a statistic standpoint you you have more options to choose from if you don't limit yourself to that I guess if you know my point is there a, more, is there I, a single weak link in this cast it's kind of perfect right yep Yeah. So much of this is just oh we're gushing over the movie. I mean, Isn't the, it just the thing to the, I have heard people like complain about like uh, not even really complain, but I've heard people bring up Elijah Wood as being just because sometimes he and not even really in this movie, but sometimes he can be a little like over the top, sort of like in the in the sense of his his reactions to things. I don't know. He's got the ring, like he's no, it's, it's, he's always on edge and kind of crazy. Yeah. Of course, he's gonna be acting over the top. Like, 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 the way he he'll, he'll like groan or things like that. Like, like the. I'll, I'll I'll This is not really something that applies to this movie at all. I'll bring it up in later movies. Oh yeah, and I'll Andy Circus is really hamming it up as Gollum there. <laughs> F. It's not. It's not okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be slightly objective here. I don't know. The movie's perfect. What do you want from me? <laughs> I feel like we haven't actually talked about, like, the story or any of the characters really that much. Well, that's something I wanted to... Because I, I had initially mentioned when we were very... At, at the very beginning talking about doing these, um, I had mentioned the possibility of, like, breaking these up, which w would not have actually... Especially since we're going to be doing the Hobbit movies, like, that would just have been an exercise in, in exhaustion. Um, but breaking these up, like, these movies in half. Yeah. So breaking them up by in half. And we should mention that we are just talking about the extended editions at this point. I guess we didn't even establish that. But that's... I think that that's the ultimately... We, I, I have a weird feeling on the extended versus theatrical mm -hmm. cuts of this movie. Of, of all of them. Because I feel like the theatrical cuts still hold up very well. Sure. And I, I don't know if it's a problem or not that, that these movies are too long because it's just like, well, if they were able to cut all the extended stuff and it's, the movie still works. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a reason these are the extended editions yeah. that they didn't release three-hour movies. Yeah. It's because they were like, no, we, we don't need to. Well, it does raise the question of, like, so which of, which version is the definitive version? I feel like the assumption is, and, and the I, I think because the extended editions are more, I think that's overall well, also just the the consensus. This is the first real big example of of sort of an extended version of a film being like wholly accepted by yeah. by the the mass audience. Yeah, just like I, I is it even, also do they even sell the theatrical versions anymore? I feel like it's just everything's just special editions. I feel like this is also the only like major example of that i think be uh, not not to get into our dcu stuff i don't I don't, I don't think you can get the daredevil theatrical cut anymore probably much different movie in terms of True. quality but when did that come out 2003 okay when did these come out 2001 2 and 3 no no no, no the extended editions oh i um, guess that, that would also be one of the extended edition of the daredevil come out but really rack your brains for these this knowledge here oh i don't actually know <laughs> but yeah um i don't know 
All right. Good to know. <laughs> I just... I appreciate them. I'm happy they exist. <laughs> like, when, when they say, like, they don't make movies like they used to or whatever, like, they don't make them like that anymore, it's like... With this movie, all I can think of is just like they also never made them like that. Like these these specific movies, like they don't make them like that anymore. But they also didn't at any point. I don't know. It's it is funny doing the these right after the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah. you've brought up on several occasions that you have a hard time figuring out which is the the that was greater s- cinematic achievement. That was sort of prior to um, us reviewing the MCU. The answer is Lord of the Rings. The answer is Lord of the Rings. Um, The MCU, it it is impressive. I mean, I'm not, like, it's, 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 the MCU is, like, the, like, probably, I guess, third, maybe? I don't know. I'm trying to think of franchises that, like, were planned out from the beginning, um, more or less. I mean, the MCU has obviously, they've changed things and they modified things as they've gone along, but they've, they've clearly had an, an overall idea of where things are going. Um, from the get-go and as far as just like planning ahead and, and being prepared and and actually forming a serial um, the the MCU is just amazing in, in that sense and the fact that they've strung together so many movies and survived I, I no longer hold them in quite as high regard because I think I used to be like oh yeah they're all they're all really good like overall I mean they're they're not bad I don't think there are any that are that are outright bad but eh, they're fine <laughs> um there are and there are excellent movies i gave let's just say i gave two movies a pluses i gave one movie in, in that franchise an a plus and then the other one is something that we will be reviewing several months from now uh spoilers um but yeah like i don't know it, it's it's more the mcu is more inconsistent than i thought it was and I think it's a when if you watch them all in in order the way we did, it's a little easier to be a little bit more cynical about them and be like, okay, well they kind of, there was definitely a time when they didn't quite know what they were doing, and you know they sort of pulled it together and, uh, I don't know, Lord of the Rings is, it's incredible. Like I mean, they filmed all of this pretty much together, right? Like yep. they, they there was no stop. Nope, it's all together. Um, where the did they? Were there discussions? I, I mean, I know this is looking ahead, but is, is were there discussions about where the second movie would end? Like, was that an editing thing? Did they know that from the beginning? I don't know. Huh. So walk me through it. How? What are what are the big aside from Tom Bombadil? What are, what are other changes from the book to to the movie? As far as fellowship goes, and I it, it's been a little while since I've read. I, I actually read Fellowship fairly recently, but it's still been a little. Um, like, how do I mean the like the obviously they play up the Arwen stuff a little bit more, which mm-hmm. I have no problem with. Um, I'm sure there are people who have problems with it because, uh, as as we discovered in the, or as people people talked about with with Black Widow and Hulk and a lot of other romances that we've talked about on this podcast, people just generally like freak out over romances in movies <laughs> um sometimes sometimes for fair reason sometimes for not i don't think there's a well for this. i mean it helps that 
they already have like a pre-existing relationship her and aragorn so they can just like yeah yeah they're together it's, it's not a big thing that they have to shoehorn yeah. in it's just sort of like okay it's kind of just we here's the status quo of their relationship it's yes. not about them getting together right they're already kind of together right um yeah i mean that's 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 one and that's i mean that's not like that's not a thing in the book it's just it's played out more yeah um then like the i mean it really does come out of the, just that chunk that they take out from early in fellowship where wasn't well, there they, do, doesn't gandalf like once like after bilbo's party and bilbo goes to rivendell doesn't he leave for like several years they, yeah that's actually I, I was just thinking of that that is um as opposed to this where it's like oh he's scared well, of the ring he's well, got to go figure out what it is and there's one, like there's the, the pacing's very quick yeah the in, in it is very long there is a very long time between because i think frodo oh i don't remember the ages on this i want to say he's supposed to be oh, I don't, basically frodo at the the time of these is, is pretty old relative to elijah wood yeah um and i think overall that choice was just sort of like we're not gonna bother with this because that's gonna be some weird cognitive dissonance in audiences mind minds and we're gonna have to find a way to show the passage of like several years at a time while they wait like gandalf returning when it's a lot more convenient to just be like all right we're gonna have gandalf go do some stuff for a while then we're gonna cut back to frodo and his friends hanging out having fun in their hobbit lives and then gandalf's gonna show back up um yeah that's <laughs> because that's well that's actually the whole thing too is that they they don't wait until when Gandalf shows up like they don't they don't go and leave immediately or whatever they I think it's like they plan to leave at like the end of fall of next year or something like that it's like they're they're like Gandalf's like hey I think you you should uh, set out shortly or I, I don't remember exactly how the timeline works but basically they, it, they don't immediately leave and like it's a lot more leisurely of a pace as far as how long it takes him to go and then later gandalf shows back up and he's like you should have left way earlier oh my lord like freaking out um, quit smoking weed hobbits <laughs> gotta get um, move on yeah there, there's something there is a lot of a lot of stretching and a, yeah it really is just a lot more efficient to be like put it all together it's well fine. just having a constant sense of urgency really helps to build up yes. the threat yeah like immediately when when like when, when they find out that the rings in the Shire, and the ring rates go out there, and they take names. <laughs> I, it is interesting how much of a horror aspect there kind of is with this movie, and that goes along with the pacing and like right. they're constantly on the run. Right. Um, considering Peter Jackson came out of out of horror mm. movies, so he was kind of, which is an oddly smart choice. Yeah. Um, overall, and that and that goes as, back as as compared to like Sam Raimi doing the Spider Man films, where every time it they he they kind of try to introduce more horror elements it sometimes it it, it, it doesn't feel weirder because yeah. it's spider-man yeah um yeah where this is a little more i don't know it, it goes back to what i was saying about how i just don't know how they found this plot so well from the book yeah where the book is just such a different feel um i think that feel i think it settles into that more in the next two movies where it settles into more kind of what the book is like yeah um I'll have to, to keep an eye on them as we're rewatching them, but yeah, with this, it's just there is a it, it just takes very long to get started, and there's a lot of kind of false starts, uh, kind of in the way that there's a lot of false stops at the end, yeah. In return, um, 
and so yeah it, it really is just let's get there let's let's get rolling let's give the audience what they need to know let's get moving because the focus should always we, be on frodo and the ring let's yeah we could literally we could literally spend five movies on this and probably not get everything that would want make fans happy yeah so yeah um which i guess the extended editions are close to five movies um if we're talking normal terms but anyway that's true yeah that's very very true <laughs> um i maybe it's just because i've watched lord of the rings too many times it's i gotta have energy to watch these sure i'm not i'm not a young man like i once was Tyler. <laughs> not spry i'm not a can't sp- sit on a couch for 10 hours straight maybe i have less of an attention span as i've gotten older <laughs> that doesn't make any sense I, sometimes watching these movies as great as they are it sometimes feels like a chore mm-hmm. just because there's just too much well it's not even it's once you're in it it's kind of like okay yeah we're, we're wrong a little bit but it's just setting aside so much time yeah to watch this and this i was gonna go back to i think i got completely derailed at some point because i was talking about one thing um about the split how we were thinking about doing these movies as two halves um the first half at least for the extended edition almost works like its own like mini movie yeah like it's not it's not a movie that you they could ever have been released in theaters because it's not like that satisfying of a story <laughs> but overall like it's more competently produced and there's more there's more setup and not even payoff necessarily but just like well it's 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 nice because it's like um the goal is to get to rivendell mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the movie they, is about how they get to rivendell yeah, and then they get to rivendell and then at the end, it's like, oh, Frodo's gonna keep going on. Yeah, and then and then, and then it ends on the great Pippin line with, "Where are we going?" And yeah, then, yeah, it's it's the best part is perfect. you can you can look over right before it cuts off, you can see Elijah Wood start to crack a smile like he's about to burst out laughing. <laughs> Not to say that Frodo wouldn't have done sure, that. Sure, yeah, I, just, I, I was about to say I feel like that kind of works. Um, I was gonna say there's another <laughs> difference. Um, and this was something I didn't really I'd kind of forgotten about until I was looking over some differences earlier uh, that the the watcher in the water isn't quite that scene's a little like the the in Moria okay the lake in hey. Moria um, that's not that's expanded ex- speak friend and yes, enter that's turned into a little bit more of a uh, uh, in the movie it's turned into a little bit more of a horror thing and it's still like a freaky thing in the book but it's kind of just like well that was weird and then they move it. like it's it's not quite as extended of a scene so they expand on that yeah um uh, yeah <laughs> like it's i i think there's more navigating through moria than what we see if memory serves i mean it's it's really the key points are all there i think regardless of what maybe people who who freak out and refuse to like enjoy this uh, would tell you um i i do think that it, it hits everything that it needs to hit um yeah i agree can i just gush a little bit over all the action scenes sure um and i guess what may- you know is high praise because you 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 have some strict standards for action scenes. well they there's such a grounded feel to these and i i love um the helm's deep battle and then right. everything at Minas Tirith and the third one like I love all that stuff mm-hmm. all the grand epic battles right 
Lots of lots of guys getting killed in the background. Like those are that are just like those horribly, are the like those are the best examples of like those grand epic yeah. scale thousands of people fighting battles that I've ever seen. My favorites are still always the the, the guy like standing on the bridge at Helm's Deep. Yeah, it's like it's fun. It's, there's 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 lots of little details like that where it's just like here's a little dude who just got his life, just all sorts of all sorts of killed. <laughs> just all sorts <laughs> all of sorts killed. Of killed. But there's there's such a grounded feel specifically to the action scenes in this one. And I'm thinking specifically of of the Moria fight with mm-hmm. with the the cave troll and the goblins, and then which uh, translates very well into the Balrog showing up. Yes. because then it's like oh like they're not even going to try and fight this guy after they just like yeah. got into this brawl. And then the the fight at the end against all the Urukai mm-hmm. and Lurs, I think his name is the 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 one main Urukai right. who's who's kind of our our stand-in for like our bad who's, guys. Who's ultimate the fight with Aragorn is like very quick and efficient. It's and like thirty seconds long, <laughs> and, and it's, it's amazing. Like, oh, and the sound design on it too is just yes. impeccable. Yeah. I love just how this movie is like super violent. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a bit where Aragorn decapitates a goblin. And you see, like, black blood, like, yeah. bursting out of the stump that's left. <laughs> how does that work? Which is interesting. How, how does that work when, when just, like, an hour and a half ago, we were just chilling in the Shire? Yep. And and Merry and Pippin, got, they, they've got, like, the ash on their face from launching a, a fireworks. Mm-hmm. Well, this... The tone of this movie is just... And, and all these movies, I feel like, is just pitch perfect. Like, yeah. I don't... There's never really a moment where where you feel like, oh man, that that really like felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, like, it's, it's always it's so. Well, it does it does a such a good job of characterizing the Shire. It feels that right. feels like a character. That's the safe haven. That's where right. that's where comfort is. And then Frodo yeah. and Sam have to leave that, and they sort of descend into darkness. But then you have Merry and Pippin, which are supposed to represent the Shire, mm-hmm. and they're kind of the comic relief of the movie. Yes. Like, I don't know. It does, but it's their 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 comedy is always played in a sense of. Well, also it you, helps you, that they have character arcs. They're yeah, that too. Throughout, but I was going to say they're they're played in the sense of like they're they're not not grasping the levity of their situation, yeah. like or the gravity of their situation. Opposite of that. Um, well, I'm just thinking about in, in like normal franchise terms. Usually, we don't lose so many like main characters in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like Boromir dies, Gandalf dies, Merry and Pippin are maybe are being led yeah. to death. Yeah. Like, I feel like in, in a normal franchise that that doesn't happen this early. Mm-hmm. But the, it, it, well, it is based on a book, of course. But it, the characters are so strong in in yeah. how how they're dealt with, uh, with the writing, and we can't, we we come to care so much about them that right. that stuff becomes a lot more impactful because it's like, oh, especially if you know there's this is three movies, mm-hmm. and you're like. There's still two movies left that have killed off like half the fellowship. Yep. <laughs> not not actually, but you know. Sure. I love Gimli and Legolas. Yeah, I love that the fellowship just doesn't hold together for like at all. <laughs> it's just immediately like, oh, it's broken. I don't know. It's, somehow that just feels very realistic. Yeah. Well, especially because there's like there's no contract they signed. Well, there there's no real consequences to them personally for for not going. Right. And it, and it is again it goes back to uh the, the the taking all the wrong lessons from Lord of the, like all the most superficial lessons from Lord of the Rings where 
I feel like a lot like most movies would be like oh it's the nine and they're they're banded together and they're fine and then maybe like one of them dies at the end as a big climax or this is like I mean none of, none of them else Boromir is the only one who really dies but it's still yeah. like it's never really reunited in the way that like there's never the big battle at the end where they all get back together and then it's the nine fighting to kill Sauron it's it's Gandalf shows up giant lightning bolt and he says bring me Thanos away <laughs> Um, whoops <laughs> but yeah it's it's just sort of fa- I feel like most fantasy genres or most fantasy based stories would, would love to to stick with that and have the fellowship be the epic fighting force and the, it's it's really just it's it's two guys an elf a dwarf a, a wizard and some hobbits and then they they predictably do not like yeah hold together very well like I don't know and the, there's something really nice about that. Well, just so much of it seems to... It's so weird how plot-driven this this is, mm-hmm. but so, so much of it is character-driven. Like, yep. It's, it's, it's a very interesting balance of the two. It doesn't feel like it's going too much either way. Well, they're very much, like, only... The characters only ever really are affected by outside forces, but the way outside forces affect them lead to react in very interesting ways and, and develop and, and grow throughout these movies. Agreed. Just sort of like with Baromir, like, like they, they, they sync up the fact that Baromir freaks out about the ring yeah. and wanting to take the ring at the exact same moment that, not the exact same moment, but pretty much at the same time that the orcs are invading. And so that lines up very well and then Baromir gets stranded and then he has he has the nice payoff of saving Mary and Pippin and it's just... Yeah. Well, trying to save say, Sure, sure. Just that. He gets shot three times in the chest. That is just so heartbreaking. Yep. It's like, yeah, he was he was a jerk a few minutes ago, <laughs> but he's trying now. Come yeah. on. No. The ring's all kinds of messed up. I forgive him. <laughs> I love that Aragorn Lord's fight. I'm just gonna gush over that again. And the best part was, I thought of this while we were watching it, comparing Lurs to Darth Maul. Yeah. Lurs gets literally no. He gets like one, two lines of dialogue, and it's mostly just grunting. Yeah. Like he said, I think he says Saruman's name, and then he says, like, find the halflings. Yeah. Something like that. Uh But, like, and of course, Darth Maul doesn't have many lines of dialogue, but it's just, what's the difference between the two? Why is Lurz so much more interesting than Darth Maul? Well. And it's, it, we do, it's a weird parallel, too, the we more do, I think... We do get an origin story for Lurs. We True. see how he came to be. But that's but he came to be by just coming out of some goop. And then he, yeah. kill, he kills a little orc dude. And that's and it's like, okay, so we know he's strong. Yeah. And then we just we just get glimpses of him kind of running through the woods and, and racing towards his destiny. Um, and it, it is a very weird parallel, because where Darth Maul also kills the like like one of the heroes yep. and then gets killed by the other hero in a brutal fashion yeah I and it really I think it really does come down to the fight like really I mean because with Darth Maul like they set him up a little bit in uh, we, we've talked about this before how like how, how much of a stickler I am for these fights yeah. I, I think this fight would be one of my, my favorite that makes sense. fights in, in any movie it does because it's just well it's it's not just that just fight he hurls the shield at Aragorn who gets locked into the tree by his neck and he's <laughs> desperately trying to get under it but before Lurz decapitates him. Yep. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, it's just, and, and it's the fact that... And then when Aragorn st- 
stabs him and he's pulling the sword in on himself. Mm -hmm. And and then he just cuts off his... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I give that A++? (laughs) It's just the fact that that Lurz, like, shows up, shoots... I feel like we're getting the name wrong, probably, and we're going to be like... I think it's Lurz. I'll I'll check. I'll check. Um, He shows up and he just... Like, the first thing he does when he shows up, aside from leading just this, this massive band of orcs, is kill Boromir. Yeah. And then then he gets into this brutal fight with Aragorn working out. Yeah, and it's just so much more... They, oh, they d- Lurts. Right. Yeah, I knew there was something that we were missing. Yeah. Mr. T. Sorry. Mr. T? <laughs> I pity the fool. <laughs> Who has to watch the Hobbit movies for a podcast? Thunderlips? <laughs> um... It's gonna be such a weird, like a niche reference if you don't like have a very, like if you haven't listened to the the whatever. Um, but I, I think it is the fact that they don't they don't revel in and sit in the fact that oh our villain is so cool. Yeah. It's just yeah this guy this guy's great he's got a great design he looks his 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 war makeup is really cool. What well, also he helps terrifying. that he's huge. What well, also helps that he he makes sense within the context of the story mm-hmm. and. Whenever, we know why he's there. Whenever we know he his, sent him. Whenever his master gives him directions, he does that. Lord Maul, be mindful. Let them make the first move. Yes. Oh, Darth Maul made the first. As opposed move. to you're an orc, go get the hobbits. Yeah. Like it's just it's more efficient. It's more straightforward, and it's a much more iconic overall. I I know that a lot of people love that final battle in, in Phantom Menace, but I think it's an overall more iconic scene because of the brutality of it and like that that specific fight scene like or i guess maybe the one-two punch of, of shooting barmir and then the fight scene like that's just it just works even and, and a lot of people don't even probably don't even know his name and probably aren't nearly as interested in him but i think no. overall he's a much more effective antagonist for our villain or for our heroes I remember going back to the first time I watched this. I remember that that one-on-one fight between Saruman and Gandalf, mm. and being so freaked out just how brutal it was. Because it's it's not super overdone like typical fantasy magic right. stuff. It's just they're throwing each other into the walls. Right. Like it's just brutal. Yep. And then Gandalf loses, and then you're like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> it's good because it subverts your expectations. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Not because it makes for a more interesting yeah, story, more, but because it subverts the my The more you think about it, the more it is like... This story does not feel at all like the story that other fantasy stories are based on. Because, for the most part, they just kind of just grab the, the superficial, like, uh, elves, doors, like, orcs. high elves. This, orcs. This invented high elves. Like, before this point, like, elves were like, oh, like, fairy dudes. Yeah. Like, what hobbits are thought of. Like, yeah. that's... They... This changed the paradigm, yeah, and orcs as well, of what people thought of fantasy, typical fantasy races, and and even dwarves to some extent. Like, all like he he established the standard. I mean, it, the the earlier like the very early like world building stages of that Tolkien had, he thought he was using elves like gnomes, mm-hmm. like like that's that's where elves kind of like grew out of was gnomes. And then it turned more into like high elves, and, and that's it. like as we know them today. Um, and it really is just like you grabbed all of that, but didn't take the story lessons and the character lessons yeah. and the fact that this this works so well because 
these are very human empathetic characters right not because these are big warrior macho men who like even i mean the fact that baromir is the big warrior macho man who ends up being kind of the most like not terrible what, what i don't know what the word most like flawed gro- yeah flawed the most flawed of all of the the fellowship and dies first and immediately yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah remember when when legolas wasn't like a cartoon character flipping all over the place like like yeah like yoda from <laughs> attack of the clones i mean that's i think and i if that was the biggest problem the hobbit movies had i think we well even be a little better off. i don't know how i feel about how they progressively just make him more and more op in, in the sequels like yeah he's doing the surfboarding down down the stairs in, in the second one and of course gets on the elephant and he's doing all sorts of spider-man stuff but the elephant works because it's that still only counts as yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great character moment it's a great little thing yep just good <laughs> indeed indeed do we have anything else we we really want to talk about All right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking. I love. Is it? Is it? I have a weird fascination with the Balrog. Okay. Like just, just like as a, as an, I, as an. It's just such a cool design, and I know people have like c- complained about like. Uh, there, there's a big debate over whether the Balrog actually has wings in the book, because it's like, they talk about how his shadow there's like some very vague wording about like his shadow i mean it's supposed to be big i think intentionally of like this is just a large you know monstrous demon beast this large hulking mass yes with 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 shadow like furling to the edges of the cavern you have to show something in a movie might as well go with it something that looks real cool yeah and then have an awesome fight where it's like flapping the wings are flying around in this well also i know that's we're not there yet but for for like the concept art they actually got like people like a couple of artists who specialize in like tolkien paintings right yeah i mean uh alan lee is the i, I know they were talking about him on, on kind of the behind the scenes stuff and they talk about him a lot he's one of them they got another guy too i can't remember his name i do not remember um but i know alan lee is that's that's a big one people but, but the, that that immediately wins you over with the fan base yeah that like we've got people who like their designs are kind of like what is very much associated with this universe let's get them to help design the look of the movie lord of the rings like i can get if you are a huge fan of the book and you just don't like the idea of adapting it in general sort sort of the same way that that watchman is the unfilmable graphic novel i i can get why you feel that way i can get why people don't like the watchman adaptation i can get why people don't like recent seasons of game of thrones because it's very different from the books and and that's not the only reason people i'm about that would be immediately a thing where people are like well actually i hate it because of... yes i realize that's not the reason people don't like those seasons necessarily but i think a large factor in that is the fact that it's very different with the books and they're kind of going off book and having to do their own thing because george R. R. martin didn't has not written a book in like seven years um that has it really been that long yes 2011 <laughs> That is so depressing. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's already said it's not coming out this year. I'm just so glad I... 
Like, I enjoy Game of Thrones, the, mm-hmm. the TV show, but I have, like, so little investment for that overall. <laughs> like, I've made sure to not have much investment in it in case he doesn't finish those books. I mean, he won't. I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm I'm very ha- excited about this. Sh- this is going to be a weird conversation. We're just going to get in the sidetrack for a second here. Um, so just, we're towards the end of the yeah. episode. That's uh, this is kind of what we do. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I have no problem with the direction that the final seasons are going because I think overall the re- it's not that George R. R. Martin is writing that slowly, although he does write very slow. I think he honestly does not know how to write himself out of the hole he wrote himself out of or wrote himself into by just introducing so many characters and plot lines and stories and. Uh, just kind of expanding out into this massive, like, just conglomerate of, of mess. He should um, get the Russos to help him finish up. <laughs> he really should. He really should. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are the screenwriters that work with them? Marcus and McFeely? Yeah, yeah. Get those guys yeah, to yeah. work with them, too. There, there we go. All right, George, we've got a writer's room for you. You can't say no. <laughs> you um, have six months. <laughs> <laughs> um, also... No more cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> mean. <laughs> but, but yeah, it is... Because uh, ba- basically what the show has done, and it, especially in season five and seven, I think, and those are the seasons that I think are the most maligned, um, they're very much like, all right, we like. I think they realized at that point, they were like, he's not going to finish these. He doesn't know where this is going. He doesn't know how to get out of this. We have to get out of this, and now they're getting themselves out of this, and I'm very excited. I think I think that they are entirely just setting themselves up for. I I I'm I'm really hoping that it's the sort of thing where he doesn't he doesn't know how to end it, so he's kind of just waiting to see. I, I like, feel like there's an element of that. Um, all right, I'll, I'll take their answers and then I'll make it slightly better. Okay, <laughs> because I don't. I mean, I think it's hard not to to think. Why is he not a is he a story consultant? Like, how often do they talk to him about he stuff? He is. I he, mean, he's written episodes of it before. Like, shouldn't like, he be, like, very active in helping them? Yeah, like you would think. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I feel like it is partially because, they, like, they're so... They're pretty far beyond where he was. Yeah. Um, and I think, ultimately, it's just sort of... Like, I, I mean, I personally think that... that I, I know that the show has been a lot more about spectacle recently but i'm i'm totally okay with that because guess what it's the next to last season we should be getting the the epic payoffs and the the epic iconic imagery and everything should be going crazy they keep building up these huge battles that are coming let's, yes let's see some yeah of them. and and we're getting there we're getting some of them and like the i i mean i think that season six i think it's season six episode 10 is probably the best episode of television i've ever watched all all told I don't know if you remember, like, that's the stuff that happens with the Light of the Seven. And yeah, I, I, I remember. It's just... Yes. So, anyway, I don't know how we got there. From... A, lot of pe- a lot of people who read the, the Game of Thrones books, and I think they gave a really good... If you read them, it's a really good foundation to, to have for the show, because I watched the show first, to some extent, then caught up with the books while the show was still going on in, like, season four, and then, like everything made more sense now because <laughs> so i was like i know who these characters are like all the character interactions made and, and connections made a lot more sense you have um, to watch it through two or three times to start really yeah getting that stuff yeah if, if you're which not. is which is what i've had to do yeah um but he's not gonna finish it like that's that's a thing that's that's it's it's not gonna happen like not not even from a sense of like 
oh, he's going to die soon, like, you know, better insensitively talk about it, I guess. Like, I mean, that's that's a factor, but it's just, I think it's just the fact that he just doesn't know where to, where to go with it anymore. That's, that's the bigger issue is that you could give him another 10 years. I don't think he'd finish it. Um, and so, yeah, like, I... That that is my stance on that on that show, and that year is why nine, year nine, day three hundred sixty four. Wasn't I supposed to do something a while ago? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, do you think I can get an, an extension on that? I promise, well, Professor, I'll have it done next week. Ten, ten years isn't even a good example because that makes it sound like I'm still saying, "Well, he's only going to live another ten years." Like I give him. I think he could live to 100 and not <laughs> like I, I I don't think that that's the issue um but the, the and that's why I'm I'm completely at the point where I'm just like I enjoy the show I have a good time with it we we got a lot of, I, th- I don't think seasons it's kind of like Star Wars where I don't think the first early seasons are like necessarily quite as good as everyone thinks they are even though they are very I mean it's all I think it's all very good but like I can agree to some extent that season five is like not as just because it's not as like exciting i get like i feel like there's there's a lot more uh what are we doing with these characters now um but yeah i i i have no no qualms first you tick off the star wars fanboys now you gotta tick off you've already gotten the sam raimi fanboys on this episode we got the dcu fanboys we hate everyone except the mcu fanboys because again kevin feige writes our checks even though we said lord of the rings is better (laughs) Correction, Peter Jackson writes our checks. <laughs> but then we pass the Hobbit movies. <laughs> and then Kevin Feige will continue writing our checks. Oh, there's no way you're taking us out of this one. <laughs> Another fine mess. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my, my random five-minute, ten-minute rundown of Game of Thrones and how I don't really care. Hot what, takes. I don't really care what the... Even though I've read the books and I think they're very good, I don't really care what people think about them compared to the show because... The show is going to finish and the books are not. I will not read Game of Thrones unless it is finished in some capacity. I, I think that's very no, fair. If, 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 God forbid, he passes away and somebody else comes along, takes his notes and whatnot, yep. and finishes it, then I would consider reading yep. it. It would also depend on if the ending's good. Right. I think that's that's more of the sticking point for me. If it ends good, then I would read them all. Yep. Um, but that's right now. I'm just like, I'll stick with TV yeah, show. I I, I think that is one hundred percent the right move. <laughs> um, as much as I enjoyed reading the books, I I don't think it'd be worth it. Um, it's very sad to me because I can remember when I f- was first reading them. There there's like a really nice collection of the first five that has like the slip covers and like they're all different colors and they they look I think they're like leather and they look really nice and they're in this nice little box. And I I'm like, well, I'm not going to get that unless I can get all of them. Yeah, but it's it's not. Anyway. So Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. So the reason I brought up Game of Thrones is the fact that I understand why people would not like the show. I understand why people would be like, the show is now too different. It's gone. I don't I don't think the writing is as good, whatever. You know, it, it's it's changed too many things and kind of gone in too many different directions that I think are not true to what George R. R. Martin wants. That's all, I think, valid compar- complaints, even if I don't, sh- I don't agree with them, even if I don't share those opinions. And again, I get why people would say that Watchmen is a little, that adaptation is a little too over, like, violent and doesn't maybe quite get the idea of the the comic, even though I think that does make some good changes. Yeah. Again, I don't necessarily agree with these opinions, but I get why people would say them. Um, I can like a Snyder movie. 
I was going to say, I don't necessarily get why people would like the Harry Potter movies more than the books. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that they're... they're kind of, I don't know. Harry Potter movies are a mixed bag. Yes. Um, anyway, what are some other major adaptations? I ran out of steam real quick with that. I thought I had more in the, more in the, the ammo. Well, I mean, are we just doing, like, books or graphic novels or... Anything. I'm just talking about, like, in general, the fact that a lot of people have valid outside reasons or applications of why they don't like a certain adaptation. I yeah. mean, James Bond. Sure. From whatever... The, the books are very much of their time. Ian Fleming was a very complicated individual. <laughs> There's a lot of certain... Complicated. Um, a word here that means racist. <laughs> and sexist. And sexist. And he's got a thing with lesbians. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like there's there's a lot of, of hurdles you have to kind of yeah. jump over to to accept those books. Yeah. But but I I really enjoy them for mm. what they are, and it's sort of nice encaps, encapsulation of the time period they're from. Mm. Um, but the movies just have so much of that stuff just stripped out, and Bond right. is not really a character. Right. He's more of just I don't know, perfect man. <laughs> Like he's very yeah. much he's more of a symbol than than like an actual person, right, right? Which is why I latch on to some of the Daniel Craig movies a lot more um, than than the original Bond films. Like they're very classic and they're very much of their time. And of course, there's there's the reasons why why people love that because the formula felt new and fresh. And well, it, and I even get the reasons. Sorry, no, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say go on, go into other examples unless you had more to say about Bond. Um, I like everything Bond fair even uh, the stuff that i don't think is very good <laughs> even the stuff i don't like uh but going specter's terrible i enjoy watching it even going to like a lot of dc movies not just dcu but just dc movies i mean really i guess that's just batman but in general like i i can get i don't really agree with many of the interpretations of batman in general uh in any of those movies i mean i get i like the Dark Knight for what they do with Batman's character but as far as maybe Christian Bale for the role and everything I don't know if he's necessarily the best for the role even though he is very good most accurate is still the 60s movie <laughs> yeah like it's it, for yeah sure um <laughs> for the comics of its time yeah. um, it is the best representation yeah it's it's the, I so like I agree that's an opinion I agree with that I don't really think a lot of those are necessarily true to the character um other adaptations I don't know long story short I don't get how you could not like the Lord of the Rings movies outside of A, I didn't want them to be adapted to begin with, or B, they're not the books. Yeah. They're not the book, whatever we want to refer to it as. Um, and they were never going to be the books. So. And I don't, because it's, it's just such a amazing, I think if you love the Lord of the Rings and you refuse to like the movies, it's, I, th I think you are missing out on some incredible realizations of it's, it's a it's a bit more of a you problem <laughs> yes i well i think you're just you're just selling yourself short on some amazing and i don't i i don't think it's a strong opinion i don't think there's a i, I know there's a vocal minority but there's going to be a vocal minority for all adaptations that's sort of who i'm talking to is a vocal minority i don't understand how you couldn't love these um if you are a huge fan of them because it's just or maybe you just don't like so, fantasy stuff well, I'm talking about specifically if you are a huge fan of the book oh, okay. and you don't like the movie. Okay. Um, we just talked with the adaptation. We were the, the, we had it the moment. <laughs> I was trying to 
just trying to move into another area. So. But yeah, that's the that's my that's my point on that. It's just I don't get how you couldn't be engrossed in this universe, even if there are creative changes that you don't like. Um, no, no. Then Aragorn cut his head off. I'm fascinated to see where that Lord of the Rings Amazon miniseries go. Legolas shoved an arrow through the one guy, pulled it out, and then shot it at another guy. (laughs) (laughs) And Merry and Pippin started throwing rocks at the orcs. It was awesome! This movie's great. (laughs) I I do not care about that Amazon show, by the way. I just want it... I mean, I I want it to be very good. I hope it's a prequel. I'm going to be not upset, but I'm going to be like... uh, I'll have to watch it because, of course. <laughs> I, I, I know you you may not. No, but no, I no, no. I, I think Harry Potter, of, of the two like massive early aughts fantasy is the, things, is the one that that's needs the, the one that needs the, the remake. Yeah, I agree. It needs, it needs... Lord of the Rings is as perfect as you will get to, like, perfection. Yeah. Um, well, the, it, it, but that's the thing, is that supposedly it's going to be, like, about maybe stuff from the the other token works earlier like taking place earlier in middle earth which is the whole thing we'll see how it goes there are some really cool ideas there they could take not really sure what they're gonna do will it be um, filmed in new zealand i don't know but i was gonna say the reason that happened is because and it, because christopher tolkien and the token tolkien tolkien i was kind of just like merged between anyway christopher tolkien and the uh the the tolkien estate they they've gave permission to use i believe that's the story at least is that they gave permission to use the the rights for some of his other books like the silmarillion and all that um and i think i christopher tolkien has done an amazing work like analyzing i think it's he's his grandson yeah that time makes sense his grandson J.R. tolkien's grandson is christopher and he has done some amazing work analyzing like i have nothing against him um he's he's done a ton of, of awesome just like documentation and like organizing his his grandfather's notes and like just analyzing all of this in order to maybe it is his son i don't know that guy is a great dude i'm sure like i'm not i'm not actually like i don't have any ill will towards him but they famously are he's the, he's the best guy we're the best of friends correct we hang out all the time he he famously is was very against releasing any like was super like upset with the lord of the rings movies and very against releasing any more of the like works or and like two two rights which considering it's warner brothers probably a good idea um because as we've said they are in fact the worst yes but i do think it would be funny if this was terrible for the one that he he did actually like give them the rights on Uh, i don't think it will be i think they'll they'll do a good job with it whatever they do but I like to think it, it, it goes horribly wrong, then he turns into like like he starts to turn into Alan Moore. <laughs> he's just got like, the like the long hair God! and the facial hair and he <laughs> yeah. just goes and like lives away from everyone. <laughs> Not necessarily in a, a specified location, just away. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. That it? I think we've got it covered. I'm I'm giving this an A plus. Same. I'll, I'll have to pay maybe, very maybe, close attention. Maybe we didn't talk enough about, like, the movie itself, but... I think... I think the fact that I switched between five different best things... 
pretty much swept well, through. Well, it's, it's one of those things where, first off, it's hard to go, like, plot point by plot point just because there's so much stuff. And everyone generally knows them. And it's one of those cases where wait, wait, there's not anything wrong with it. What do you, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> And then Sam was hitting people in the head with his pots and pans, and it was great. Sam gets the best lines. He really does. Mm-hmm. That speech from the end. Of, two towers making an A plus solely for that last that final speech. Like they they may swing it up for me if I don't know how. I'm Return feel about of the it. King might get an A plus for me just for when he confronts Shelob. Yeah, like just that moment. <laughs> oh. If you have time, rewatch these movies. If you have time. Yes. That is literally the only caveat. And even if you don't, like do it anyway. You probably watch it. Just just do just it. Tell the boss you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll go, no. Oh, I it's completely fine you're watching Lord of the Rings I get it <laughs> I was gonna say tell the boss you're watching the Lord of the Rings extended edition like, okay okay I'm sorry I shouldn't have okay. take the week yeah <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch the, the, the behind the scenes that's, that's yeah. very important this is gonna make me end up watching all of the behind the scenes I've, I've tried to do that before I've never gotten through all of them I don't like this is gonna I think end up making me just like have them on all the time now the real question is will you do the same for the Hobbit movies no final answer <laughs> You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, you can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And we're also on YouTube and iTunes. Just kind of search. Give a little search to Here Come the Sequels and you'll get us there. Yep. I tweeted again for the first time in like... Since I think literally like the 50th episode. <laughs> so there's that. We're active again. We're, 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 we're paying attention, kind of. Tyler's in charge of our social media. We have three followers. One of them is me. So. <laughs> Maybe we should get an intern to run our social media. <laughs> I don't even know, like, how. Oh, Lord. Would Joseph or Britton want to run our social media for us? We'll pay you negative $5. You have to pay your own transportation costs. <laughs> as well as technology costs yep <laughs> all right everybody Ooh. thanks for listening if you if you made it this far and we'll see y'all next time for the two towers artist subjective something is real